hello, 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 hello. Everybody, welcome, welcome to episode 15 of the Woke Foo podcast. If you haven't been here before, uh, I hope you enjoy the look and the feel. Uh, this is sort of my talk show. It started off as a regular audio podcast, and now it's sort of developed into this little show. And I figured, you know what? I think I'm going to dedicate each episode to about five stories. It isn't necessarily the most important stories or the most viral ones. It's just five random stories. And so I'll try to come at you every single day and give you sort of an update of just random shit that's going on related to race, politics, and pop culture. That way you sort of can keep updated. And you don't have to read all these articles and you can just watch my podcast. Or uh, if you if you are you know commuting or driving, uh, I can go ahead and convert this into an audio-only podcast so that we can go ahead and listen to it on the way to work. All right, so let's go ahead and first see who is here. Uh, what's going on? Ashley, Ryan, uh, Lutz, Ivan, Eunice, uh, because I'm Chicano, what's going on? Benny, Chung, Justice, Dana, Tamai, Eric, Kat, Aubrey. Hello, hello, hello. All right, so today's episode is called Let's Listen to Barbecue Becky's 911 Call. And that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and listen to uh, that phone call that Barbecue Becky phoned in because he'll release the full tape. We're not going to listen to the whole thing, but we're going to listen to or at least parts of it. Uh, we're also going to go ahead and talk about um, this GOP representative, Carla Maloney, who said something incredibly racist about the NFL. We'll also talk about a lawyer in Irvine who went on this super racist rant against Asian people, all because of crazy rich Asians. Like It was the most random rant? I don't know, but there are a lot of little peats pieces within that rant that I wanted to sort of dissect and break down. Then we're going to go ahead and talk about a story in my hometown in San Jose. There was a mural that was was dedicated to Latino leaders, especially in California, and it was painted over. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll also finish off with the news going on in Harvard. Uh, the lawsuit filed by a group of Asian American students who believe that they were discriminated against and their race was uh, the deciding factor in terms of their uh, uh, application denial. All right, so we'll go ahead and talk about these five different things. So first off, let's go ahead and talk about Barbecue Becky. Oh, I think she was like, she she's like the pioneer of people getting fired for being racist um because i don't know she just she started this trend where like we started to make characters out of these racist people and i don't know if you've seen the picture of like uh, the they collected all these photos of racist people and they made them into like a series called the garbage the garbage pale kids it was just amazing um but anyway, so 
Barbecue Becky, she called the police because she saw a group of black people barbecuing in Oakland. I believe it was Oakland. And she called the police because she felt that they were dangerous. She thought that uh, they, they weren't supposed to uh, barbecue in the area and it wasn't the proper zone. And so she was basically just ratting out. It, a family who's barbecuing in a fucking park. So let's go ahead and take a look at this phone call, okay? So uh, the first phone call that she made was, you know, to let the police know that, hey, there are these guys, uh, they're African-American, they're wearing this, and they're wearing, you know, a, a black sweater, blah, blah, blah. She called, and nothing happened. For two hours, nothing happened, and so she called again. And here is part of that phone call. Oakland Police Agency. Hi, um, I called about two hours ago about someone that illegally grilling with a charcoal grill and make my Now people are being assertive and trying to push me and shove me. I was wondering when the police are gonna come and help me. So basically, she was saying, "Hey, I called the police. I'm wondering when they're gonna help me. Um, you know, I've been waiting." address there? Um, I am right across from Cleveland Cascade. I called two hours ago at about 11.02 this morning. And there has been no police that called me back. And there <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Who calls them? Who, who's just out calling the cops at 11 o'clock a.m.? Like, people are trying to finish up their work and they're trying to fucking get ready for lunch and you're out here in the park calling the cops on people you're a douchebag now they're shoving me and what what is the address there for um lakeshore lakeshore in cleveland cascade also 2324 lakeshore 2323 lakeshore 2324 lakeshore it's in the park all right let me uh just whoops I just want to make sure. I, I made a report in a, at about 11:02 this morning. They said there was a police officer. Who's yelling in the background? I don't. I don't know. Wait. All right. Hold on. Okay. So, so she's she's complaining again, and she's still just going off and like, oh, I called, and you guys didn't do anything, and they're still here, and they're they're harassing me, and which is dumb because if you've actually seen the video, that doesn't happen. Like. Barbecue Becky is the one who is watching over like a hawk on these people who are just uh, having an innocent barbecue, right? So let's go ahead and finish up with just this Stop! small part. I know. I don't understand. That's why, why, is, why is the person yelling? I, I don't know. panic over a barbecue. I, I don't understand. <laughs> are you in the park yourself? Yes, I am. I had to like a minute ago. Okay, so why are you in an argument with these people? Can you walk away from me? They keep following me. They keep following me because I'm See, even the cop is like, why are you doing this? Why are you in the park? Can you just leave? Are you, did the chain you to a radiator by the park? Is that why you're here and you're waiting for the cops? Why are you there? And that's basically what a lot of this phone call is, is just the cop or the dispatch telling this bar barbecue Becky lady, like, can you just, can you leave? 
Um, and it's interesting because the first part of her call, she's really quick and eager to describe the people who she claims are these criminals. And she's like, oh, well, you know, um, they're, they're wearing this and they're wearing that. Uh, they're this race and they're this build. And then when, the, when she calls the second time two hours later and, and they ask her, hey, okay, well, the cops are supposed to be coming. What do you look like? Like, what is your race? And she doesn't want to answer. It's kind of weird. It's like, hold on a second. You waited two hours. You want help for this thing, but you don't want to list out how you look or your race. Like, it was a pretty standard question. And it's not like she was the one who was, quote, in trouble. So why was she hesitant about explaining that, right? Um, but I think the more interesting part is that her reasoning for calling the cops on these people was that she felt that the coals from the barbecue, because it was in a safe zone, she thought that it was going to harm the children. Now, I'm sorry, I don't understand if there are some bizarre physics of barbecuing that I didn't understand before, but I'm pretty sure that if you have coals on a grill, it's going to stay there. It's not going to be launching out at little children, and it, it's not going to explode on little children in these bits of hot coal shrapnel. So I just, she was making this, she was making nothing into something. And again, I mean, this the, the whole uh, phone call is a lot longer, but I'll let you uh, go ahead and check that out. But, it, you know, it just makes me think about how, um, whoops. It makes me think about how, how so many people call the cops for just the dumbest reasons, right? And I'm wondering, like, how many dumb racist people call in and, and, and make a call to 911? Like, how often do cops receive just the most ridiculous, like, hello, hello, um, yeah, there are some, um, uh, uh, there is a um, um, ethnic man. He is outside, and he is um, uh, uh, putting I unidentified objects in our mailboxes. Uh, yeah, ma'am, that is your mailman. That is, that is just your mailman. Like, I, and it's weird because like you always hear stories about people being, like, people calling cops, right? But I wonder, like, how, like, what do they say on the other line to the cops? Like, hey. Uh, there's a person here and um, they're selling lemonade, but they're not supposed to sell lemonade. And I was wondering if you could make them not sell lemonade. Like, I don't know. Just don't you, like, don't they just feel petty and just shitty? It's just, ugh. Okay, so that was the Barbecue Becky uh, phone call. Uh, if you want to watch the rest of it, I will drop a link right now boom okay so now that we finished with barbecue becky we have our second story which is this uh this super hardcore trump loving lady who i guess i don't know she's like photographed with van jones and 
yeah, I guess that's her her way of saying, oh, I know black people. But um, her name's Carla Maloney. And Carla Maloney. Ooh. Ooh. She went on like a. I'll let you watch it. I will let you watch it. Racist comments on Facebook revealed prompting the resignation of a woman who was working for the Republican Party in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. Now, according to the Beaver County Times, Carla Maloney called NFL players who kneeled during the anthem baboons and ignorant blacks in posts on her private Facebook page, posts that have since been removed. And here's one of those posts. Steelers are now just as mad as the rest of the overpaid baboons. You respect your flag country and our national anthem how many men and women have lost limbs or died to protect this country and you baboons want respect if you want respect you need to earn it and so far you haven't stop watching or going to a game and paying for overpriced food water and tickets let's see how the baboons get paid when white people stop paying their salaries okay so there's a lot to um unpack with there let's start off with her comment about baboons okay now uh, there are a lot of elements to comparing uh, people of color to animals right and and most of the time people just say most of the SJWs will be like oh well that's dehumanizing and you know they're people and you should be treating them as such and you know you can't talk to them that way blah blah, blah. yeah I, I understand that but i think there's also another element to comparing people of color to animals um which is the fact that animals are seen as unpredictable and that they can't be understood they can't be tamed they can't be reasoned with and it makes it seem as if anybody who is described as an animal in this case, she was talking about black people in the NFL and calling them baboons, essentially saying that, like, oh, the reason why they feel this way, the reason why they're kneeling, it's just, it's, they're baboons. There's no way to understand it. It's, it's completely illogical. And it's just, it's funny because when people say that shit, it's like they never give themselves an opportunity to actually understand what these, quote, animals quote baboons are actually thinking about and why they're doing these things and it's just it's another way that racist language makes people who are ignorant stay ignorant and it does doesn't give them an opportunity to ever like want to understand why people are kneeling in the first place the other thing that i want to mention is her her comment about uh soldiers all right and how oh well the they went to war and they died for you and blah, blah, blah. First off, um, military, milit, military, military personnel, they're not all white. So to make it seem as if all these soldiers are just a bunch of white people who are fighting for people of color's rights, like that's, that's bullshit. That's, that is not the case. Our military has been historically diverse. And if anything, it is always wanted to be more diverse but the military was just super it, it just wasn't inclusive as much and it just didn't give it, it always gave certain assignments that were more high profile to personnel who were white so again 
trying to make it seem as if military are only white, it's, it's such a common tactic. You know, oh, well, you know, well, uh, BLM, they feel this way, but uh, blah, 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 our soldiers, wait, hold on a second, hold on a second, do you realize how many black people are veterans? Do you realize how many black people are a part of Black Lives Matter? Like, it's, it's stupid. It's just, it's horrible thinking. It's just horrible logic on her path, on her behalf obviously um and also military personnel when they're fighting and if you want to talk about ideal like them fighting and 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 supporting our you know rights and ideologies and whatnot um you're also talking about your right of your freedom of speech and your freedom of expression so kneeling definitely falls within that line you know if you're able to be racist on facebook then NFL players are able to kneel. It ain't that difficult. Uh, and lastly, the two aren't mutually exclusive. Like you can, you can pay respects to your country, and also believe that Black Lives Matter. Like I think it's so. I think it's so reductive when these, you know, uh, these super conservatives are like, oh well, you know. If you kneel, then it's because you didn't you don't love this country, blah blah blah. It's like no, it's not that people are choosing Black Lives over the United States. I think those people who are kneeling are acutely aware that the Black Lives that they're talking about are American. So again, you can do both, and also I I really hate how a lot of conservative people and especially a lot of conservative white people try to make it seem as if we all have to praise the United States the same exact way. So like if, if, if for them being an American means watching football and not kneeling and voting for Trump, then it's like, do you want you to do all that shit? Even though there are so many other things that make you American, you know, speaking up, and, and fighting for other people's civil rights. Like, those are all very American things. You know, it, it, again, it basically translates to you're not doing it because it's not to the benefit of white Americans. That really is it. All right. Let's see. Oop. Let's see what people are saying here. So referring to our previous discussion, um, Boran Yen said, if the coals were that harmful in the first place when heated up, they wouldn't be available to consumers in the first place, at least not as a grilling tool. Uh, Shizua said, I don't feel, I don't think they feel anything about outrage that anyone of a POC bent should dare disturb them. Uh, Brenda said, I had a man call the cops on me for legally parking on the street in front of my apartment in Louisiana. The cop climbed two flights of stairs to tell me that he didn't like me parking in front of his house. Oh my god. Again, people are just so, so annoyingly petty. Uh, Ash Trimble said, wait a minute, she's from Beaver? I cannot. These are the kinds of weak people that live near me. Um, mm, 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 mm. let's see Willa Ortega says and how many times have they been told that this isn't what the kneeling was about in the first place exactly it's like people will say oh 
oh, we're kneeling for this reason, not that reason. Like, well, oh, we're kneeling because, you know, people are, are being shot and abused by the cops. And then all these white people are like, mm, I don't know. I don't I don't know if you feel that way. I don't really I don't think you really feel that way. You know, it's it's almost it's I, I can only imagine how frustrating it is for a lot of black activists where they're just like, OK, I mean, our tagline, Black Lives Matter, is literally the most simple, easy thing to understand. Black lives matter. Three words. <laughs> That's it. Why is it so difficult? Why? Why is it so difficult? All right, let's see. Ivan Gregg, uh, quote, I love America more than any other country in this world, and exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. James Baldwin. Oh, I love that quote, and I think it's 100% accurate. Like, I think that loving your country and showing uh, uh, pride in your country means being willing to criticize it to the very core you know it's like if you have a if you have a relative who is you know they have a, a problem with alcohol consumption or they have a, a really toxic relationship with i don't know a group of friends you know who's, who's bringing them down if you love that person then you would tell them hey those people that you've been hanging out with like i don't really know about them they don't seem like they're good people or hey i see that you've been drinking a lot um i'm concerned about you like you can call stuff out and still deeply love it you know uh let's see quasi says it's selective amnesia then uh they know exactly what's going on but they consciously decide not to understand it's always distract and frustrate uh, as George said it's called gaslighting 100 percent uh okay so Moving on to our third story is, whoops, this lady over here. OC lawyer draws flack for comparing crazy rich Asians with negative racial stereotypes. All right, so this thing happened uh, down in Southern California. And it's in Orange County, uh, Irvine be specific and this lawyer or this like lawyer tutor lady she made a post okay and i'm gonna read the post because it's a little choppy looking but um let me let me read it to you here all right so her name is christina ignatius all right and here's a post the Asians that took over Orange County. Actually, no, let me put over here. Okay. The Asians that took over Orange County. My friend said that there is something called, there is something coming out called Crazy Rich Asians. It reminds me of all the Asians who flooded into Orange County and then took over our mall at South Coast Plaza. In fact, they came up with a shopping word called quote snoshy it stands for posh and snobby okay first let's talk about a couple things one i want to point out the fact that she says in the sentence it reminds me of all the asians who flooded into orange county um 
flooded being a word that um, essentially contextualizes Asian people as if they are this catastrophic force that that more of them equals some sort of disaster aka flooding whenever people refer to flooding and they they link it with especially an ethnic group you know it's racist just saying let's see uh and then took over our mall at south coast plaza our mall hmm interesting interesting how southern california belongs to white people um she continues you can see them around fendi dior gucci and louis vuitton they have a zoned in personality where they act as if no one else exists and they just sprint straight in front of you to grab the next purse okay first off you can see them around fendi dior gucci and louis vuitton why is that a bad thing if pe again if you were in the store then you're there too if you're in that mall then you're there too like don't be salty because you're broke and like look i'm broke too but i'm not talking shit about people who are going who are shopping at gucci and dior like i mean do i think that it's a waste of money to be spending all that cash on fucking fashion yeah i definitely do think it's actually a waste of money but that's not what she's talking about she's just she's just complaining like oh, these people they're just rich and snobby it's like okay but you're a lawyer from irvine like that is the most snobby thing that you could possibly be she continues um oh yeah, and she goes and they run straight in front of you to grab the next purse so it's like she has these specific stories of of asian people essentially cock blocking her from getting designer bags like it's just is that is is that your plight is that is that the plight of 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 your life that one time uh, a, a little old korean lady grabbed a a fucking mark jacobs purse before you did oh god oh god life is so difficult she continues they also drive this way near south coast plaza they will drive in their mercedes in the carpool lane and then cut across five lanes to get over to the mall as if your car right next to them didn't even matter that's why we have to we have the term quote driving like an asian okay so here in the south there are a lot of terrible drivers now i can say with confidence that i live in an area that has worse drivers than california why because according to all you know department of like transportation uh, statistics texas has the most fatalities the most the most accidents uh it, it if you drive around you'll see billboard after billboard and you'll hear on the radio all the time about, um, oh, did you get in a an accident with a truck? Because that, apparently that's a really big thing over here where people in big rigs and delivery trucks will totally just smash into people because they're going super, super fast. Like, it's super common. And this whole area, Texas, it ain't majority Asian. 
like if you if you actually look at the numbers of how many fatalities how many fatal accidents happen a year and check the demographics and the percentage yeah mm, that asian stereotype is pretty much the opposite just saying and she was talking about okay cutting across five lanes blah blah, blah. okay yeah drivers are dicks drivers are and i don't even understand why people get so bent out of shape when it comes to like oh man this person cut me off it's like okay did you get home okay did you when when you were cut off did someone simultaneously run by with their machete and lop off your ear where's the damage what happened did you get scratched are you are you okay i don't get it i don't know why people get so hung up on like shit that happens on the road i really don't get it okay continuing but now they are trying to get tutoring from me for law school but they keep telling me that they are attending that they are attending ucra i need to translate that into my head to deduce that they are going to ucla ha 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 you you switch the l and the r ha ha ha, ha. the same way that you switch your boyfriend with uncle ha 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 um, if you went to UCI like I did, you probably went to school with a lot of rice rockets. Rice rockets, um, meaning like Asian import cars. Think Fast and the Furious, you know, Honda Accord, Civics, import cars and shit like that. Um, that's what a rice rocket is. I mean, it's SoCal. It's Southern California, and it's Asian. And I'm assuming she's, like, in her 30s. So when she went to college, yeah, there were a lot of people who probably drove Honda Accords and Civics and souped them up. You know? Like, yeah, duh. That's like, oh, my God, New York. Ugh, look at look at all these weird yellow cars. Yeah, it's because they're fucking taxis. That's just what's in the area. Here in the South, there are a lot of trucks. Like, you see what I mean? Like, for a lawyer, the shit that she's pointing out is just so, like, what? Okay. Um, let me see. If you went to UCI like I did, you probably went to a school with a lot of rice rockets. Asians flooded. Again, remember, flooded. Asians flooded that school if they were smart and could get in. They went there to become doctors. They were raised by tiger moms who told them to, quote, become doctor not doctor doctor and then if they were not smart enough to become a doctor quote to marry doctor if they didn't marry a doctor then they were encouraged to marry a lawyer now let me hold your your little rant there real quick because that's basically how everyone in the middle class thinks like it's not it's it's not even just this Asian thing. A lot of people want to marry someone rich, or they want to be a doctor, or a lawyer, or whatever. And like again, she's just stating. She's not even really stating opinions. She's just stating things that happen. Like oh, well you know that Mexican people they eat bread. 
Why do Mexicans eat bread? I don't know, because bread's good. <laughs> like, again, she's she's just saying stuff with absolutely no idea why they happen. And she's not really, like, roasting them. And she's just adding, like, these little racist post-it notes. It's just, okay. Um, yes, my, uh, she says, yes, my sucker Caucasian male lawyer friends who married Asian women were completely poached for dollars and earning potential. At UCI, they brought their obnoxiously lowered and really loud speedster cars that couldn't handle the speed bumps in the parking structure, so you need to drive one mile an hour behind them. Okay, so... She mentions that her sucker Caucasian male friends, okay, who married Asian women. So she's basically saying that if you're a white guy who is a lawyer and you married an Asian woman, then you're a sucker. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and she says that those Caucasian male lawyer friends were completely poached for dollars and earning potential. So again, that's this is sort of a complex fuckery salad that we need to sort of uh, point out what is going on. So she's also saying that Asian women poached white men as if she is victimizing white male lawyers. Like again, po poached. So 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 you're you think that there's something about Asian women that is just so um um volatile and viral that they're the ones who are just leeching on to these oh my gosh all oh, these these uh, innocent caucasian male lawyers who will ever protect them who is going to protect them from the asian women poaching them um <laughs> and she says that they got poached for dollars and earning potential so so she's also saying that by being with an Asian woman, that your earning potential lowers. Now, I'm trying to decide, I'm trying to figure out, does she mean that as in, oh, well, collectively, Asian women don't make as much money, so being with an Asian woman means that your earning potential will be lower than that of a white woman? Or, I don't, I, again, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out exactly what like i know that she's being racist but i'm trying to figure out like what breed of racism it is that's going on right here um okay and then she also finishes off saying um if you thought you could get away from them for a hot second and go on vacation uh, to yosemite think again they came in huge buses and stood in front of each waterfall to give the peace sign and their selfies from one annoying thing to another welcome the asians Okay, so her little her little jab at at Asian tourists, I think is kind of hilarious because if you actually know the history of tourism, his, the the history of tourism essentially started off as a branch off of colonization. Uh when when people would colonize different lands they'd come back home with these trinkets to show like oh this is the place that i was in these are the places that i've conquered you know and 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 these souvenirs have been have ranged from 
from everything from like the the bones and the remains of of colonized people um you know fragments from their their um their native land or like uh, uh um artifacts you know going to going to ethnic nations and slaughtering the people or stealing artifacts like again like that's kind of the whole that's kind of the whole just sort of of like a lot of action movies you know like indiana jones like going to these you know what i mean uh, but it, I, I won't go into that too much but the tourism industry again started off as a branch of colonization to show that like oh these are the places that i've been to and whatnot so when white people complain about asian tourists i'm sorry but tourism is a thing that you built like yeah everyone benefits from tourism nowadays so or in a lot of ways not everyone uh, but a lot of people benefit from tourism but that's something that you guys made so why are you complaining about it um and i think it's also funny how her whole message she's basically talking about how irvine and, and orange county is this super like white uh, neighborhood uh, this white suburb with these white malls and all these asian people are flooding in not realizing that that whole entire region like Calif california itself it was originally native land okay so belonged to the brown people a lot of the developers who came in there uh, in uh, into california a lot of them came in with their slaves so they had you know money from slave labor so economically backed by slave labor black people um you're also talking about the asians who are in California, who were, who set up a lot of the communities there because a lot of them try to uh, join during the gold rush and a lot of them were developing their own um, communities and they also were concentrating their wealth in California. Uh, you're also talking about the, the Chinese people who worked on railroads. So uh, there's a lot of Asian history, Asian American history in California. And not to mention, again, indigenous, native Latinos who are in there and who support the industries in California. So it's like California isn't this like white state. Historically not even close. So again, her her whole spiel is completely off. Um, and I think it's kind of funny because someone mentioned that I guess she's like salty or whatever cuz um, I don't know if it's true, but someone like found this photo of her and they're saying that that was her like ex-boyfriend or some shit i don't know but i will leave that uh to the speculation of everybody um let me go ahead and drop the link to that article okay now moving on oops all right moving on so there is the story in San Jose, my hometown, San Jose. And there was a Payless shoe store that had a mural that was created. And if you look on the left, that was sort of how it looked like. And it was this beautiful mural of a lot of civil rights heroes. And you see uh, Dr. King, I believe it's Dr. King. And you see, I think that's Malcolm X, uh, Cesar Chavez, and just a lot of different um, activists. 
and people who have uh, been critical in the civil rights movement and who have done a lot of work in terms of civil rights in California and for Latinos. So it was an incredibly intimate portrait. And let me go ahead and... Now, the mural was created in 1985, okay? It was created in 1985, and it cost about $25,000, all right? So let me go ahead and switch to the screen capture. We'll go ahead and watch this video, and I'll tell you a little bit more after that. And great South Bay community asking who done it after someone painted over a beloved mural in East San Jose. Now, many believe the new owner of the building did it, even as the city is struggling to figure out who it is. NBC Barry's Damon Trujillo is live in San Jose with more. Well, Jessica, there it was behind me, one big, massive mural celebrating Latino history. Now it's one big gray wall, and the locals are angry. The large mural was on the wall of the old Payless shoe source. It depicted Latino historical figures. But early Wednesday morning, someone effectively erased it. I'm very upset because, uh, again, it's uh, for, for us Latinos, Mexicanos, it's about this is our part of our culture. This is the who we are. Carlos Perez is an artist who, among other things, drew the original Apple computer's logo. He's one of the many who are upset that someone managed to paint over the art without any warning. I bet you any money that if you go to L.A. and you try to remove a mural from the wall, boy, you would have the city all over you. Perez says state law requires an artist be notified when his work is about to be moved or destroyed under the California Art Preservation Act. The city says it tried to get a hold of the building's new owners, but it's still unclear who that is. I exhausted all means to try to contact the man and, and actually have a meeting to try to preserve the mural, and uh, now this. We're all here today. Uh, Jose Valle is a community organizer and is now meeting with city leaders to see what can be done. All right, so when I was telling you earlier that it was built up in 1985 for $25,000, it was largely painted with uh, a lot of donated supplies. So a lot of the creation of that mural was done by people in the community. Now check this out. If they tried to commission that same painting in 2018, guess how much it would cost? I'll give you like five seconds. Okay. Did you, did you guess? Did you guess? All right. In 2018, that mural would have cost $825,000. That's wild. $825,000. Again, that was in 1985, man. Like, you're talking about generations of kids who would walk by that and and think to themselves like hey that's like these are faces these are faces that belong to the community that was a mural that was done by hand that's not a billboard that's not some sort of advertisement for a company or it's not sponsored by coca-cola like that was someone in my city you know this is our story and for someone to to delete it and to to erase it like that's erasing that's erasing um, 
his the the history of Chicanos in 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 San Jose and in California, and it's just you know it's unfortunate, especially since so much of civil rights discussions aren't taught in history books. Like these murals, they are part of the cultural preservation and the education of of the history of people of color you know and it's just it's sad because I, I bet you a million dollars like there are a lot of um there are a lot of field trips and teachers who would say hey you know uh, we'll go take a field trip to look at this painting and we'll go take a look at it and tell me what you like about it and we'll go ahead and you know write a write an essay about what you think about the different people who are on this mural like again there's so much history in a piece of art especially like a mural like this like that's why i love going to um a lot of uh lower income neighborhoods where you see like the art on the walls because it's like it's people telling you like this is our story this is what we're about these are our values <laughs> again as an artist like it's just it's heartbreaking it really is heartbreaking um and our final story of the day we're going to go ahead and talk about the harvard lawsuit now the harvard lawsuit let me go ahead and pull this up over here so if you're not aware a group of asian american students have uh, filed a lawsuit against harvard because they believe that they are racially discriminated against and that they're them being asian um, contributed to them being denied and they say that you know there are more strict requirements for Asian applicants than non-Asian applicants. And their concerns are also that, you know, Asian applicants who are super, super qualified are being replaced by black people and Latino students. Okay. Now, there's a lot of misunderstanding and a, and a, and a horrible lack of perspective on what is going on. Okay. The first thing I need you to to understand is who is actually backing and supporting and has really been spearholding this this whole fight on behalf of Asian people. And that person is a conservative legal strategist named Edward Bloom. If you're not familiar with Edward, Edward Bloom, it's because he's sort of been in the back end of politics. You don't really hear too much about him. Uh, the last time he was really, really out there, and uh, uh, or at least the first time he had a really big public presence was in 1990. He was running against um, his opponent in Texas. Uh, his opponent, uh, his name is Craig Anthony Washington, and he lost to him in that election in 1990. Right, Edward Bloom lost, and he filed a lawsuit after he lost because he believed that. They were gerrymandering the neighborhoods, and that cost him the election. So again, if I'm if I'm remembering this correctly, gerrymandering is basically when you when you uh, manually draw lines within communities and you you create these voting districts and you strategically create these lines so that way it's like okay this voting district i'm going to just wrap it around only the black community or i'm going to wrap this only around upper middle class white people you know so that way that whole voting block 
is the same demographic as opposed to being mixed because when it's mixed then the voting is mixed and by by gerrymandering um, politicians are able to essentially uh, secure more votes by by creating these blocks that are like hyper conservative or hyper liberal or whatever all right so he was he filed that lawsuit against Craig Anthony Washington and uh, the case was called Bush versus Vera and it went to the Supreme Court and they ruled in Bloom's favor so this guy has been he's had like a gripe about about him feeling like he's been slighted for being white and he has a history of taking cases like this and probably the most notable case that he took was the Abigail Fisher case now the Abigail Fisher case Abigail Fisher was a student who was applying to like University of Austin Texas and she was uh, she was denied and she tried to sue the University of Austin on the basis of oh, I, I'm white and that's why you didn't let me you didn't accept me she lost and her case was pushed by Edward Bloom that's who was representing her so when Asian people are really quick to jump on this affirmative action thing not knowing who is actually behind the whole thing like it just shows to the short-sightedness of so many Asian people in, in the community where they're just like they they don't get it and one of the things that has always been super super fucking annoying is that a lot of Asian people will blame black people and Latinos for taking spots in these universities but let me show you something all right so this is uh, collegefactual.com we have some stats on universities again a lot of these un university demographic stats are pretty consistent so you can find you know a lot of information all over the place um harvard university i was trying to look at their stats and demographics but coincidentally they didn't really have too much information on the white population in their school harvard university undergraduate ethnic diversity breakdown 45 percent white 16% Asian, 11.9% non-resident alien, 10.1% Hispanic Latino, black or African American. The, the piece is so little that it doesn't even have room for the percentage. I had to actually hover over it. It's at 6.1%. Okay. So you're telling me that the black and african-american student population at 6.1 percent and the hispanic and latinos who are at 10.1 so it's about a thousand so you have about 1700 right okay the asian community is 1700 itself so why in the world do you why in the world do asians think that their spots are only being taken by black and Latino people and not this 45%. Like, I, I never understood that. I never understood that. Like in this, in this quest to destabilize um, 
affirmative action. Asian people are so quick to throw black and Latino people under the bus when 45% are white. I notice that. I notice that whenever a lot of these Asian Asian people bring up affirmative action, they never want to talk about the white students. Never. And look, it's complicated because um, when it comes to the this Asian students who apply, right? And even I have to sort of agree with this. Oh my god, fucking dogs! Uh, one person in, in in admissions was was mentioning how one of the reasons why a lot of Asian people get denied is because a lot of them have very identical applications and it's not in this like oh well asian people like they all look the same they all whatever but a lot of them end up doing the same majors they went to the same school they had the same stellar grades and so it just becomes hard because a lot of those applications are so exceptional but all of them look that way you know it's like when you have like a when you have like a thousand people who are 4.0 and they're all trying to get into this spot in computer science you know it's like do you just fill the whole class with just a, all these Asian people who have 4.0s? Like, how do you mix it? Like, again, it's it's a, it's a complicated. It's a complicated question, you know, and I think a lot of Asian people are trying to say this stuff like, oh, well, you know, we need to do away with affirmative action and we need to do applications just based off of merit. But it's so funny because that mentality assumes that Asian people and white people are the smartest and therefore they will get the spots because they deserved it. You know, like how ignorant do you have to be to think that that truly your academic experience means that you are the most qualified for this? You know, it's just there's so many factors that go into why people get admitted. You know, if you want to be technical also, like um, when when colleges are accepting people, they also have to consider the diversity of the majors. Because if they can only accept a thousand people, it doesn't make any sense for them to accept a thousand people who are in STEM. They need to accept people who are in the sports program. They need to accept people who are in trying to do law and trying to do English. Like they need to, they need to disperse that tuition money so that way every department has enough students to fund it. So again, it's it's a really intricate intricate discussion, and I think it's just so unfortunate that more Asian people would rather just say you know fuck fuck affirmative action let's do away with it because it's ruining our chances as opposed to saying affirmative action is important but it's just not being utilized properly you know if you look at if if, if you look at the numbers uh, most people who are recipients and beneficiaries of affirmative action have been white women and it's just um it's disappointing, you know, it's really disappointing, especially hearing from a lot of Asian academics who are talking about uh, this Harvard situation and they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, we're discriminated against, blah, blah, blah. But it's, again, uh, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it when people of color um, throw each other under the bus just to get a piece of theirs. All right, let's go ahead and see what people are saying in the comment section. Um, Bora Yen said, uh, like, look around you and compare notes with one another. It's just another way to divide different people of color. 
25k diamond you must have seen that guy on youtube it was so annoying i have plenty of asian friends and family none of them none of them think this way it was the first i had seen i immediately thought of you and sent you this video content for sure melissa said that's crazy and a good handful of african-americans usually attend a historically black college slash hbcu uh bora said i want I went to a fairly prestigious university for my master's in computer science, and 98% of my class was white, with many of them saying that it's so difficult being a white guy looking for a job in the field or even getting into school for it. Again, like, how can you say that Asian people are being, are, are, their positions are being taken by black people when that's not even how it reflects on the job market? Like, look at the job market. Who's getting hired? Again, it's just, it, for me, it's like addition. It's so straightforward. Uh, Robert Monroe Jr. And don't forget to mention the, quote, legacies, the white people who don't get in based on merit, but get in because their parents, grandparents, etc. went to the school. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, that's how, like, if, if you're actually talking about students who were brought in via this legacy system like oh your parents donated all this money before blah 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 so now like you, the next five generations of your kids will always be able to get in like that's a real thing because when a lot of these universities were growing that's how they were able to fund themselves you know a lot of them were able to fund themselves through being connected with other rich alumni and that rich alumni brought the next generation of rich alumni and it kind of just continued like, oh, God. Let's see. Azure said, same thing Richard Alzell did when she wasn't accepted into an HBCU. Um, all right. Let's see. Monica Shanice says, true, we outpopulate them, so they need to divide to keep white, white supremacy in control. Okay. Anyways. I think uh, that is it for today. Um, tell me what you think about the different stories. Let me go ahead and uh, link you all to this last story here from Harvard. And I want you to, again, um, um, let me know your opinions about the topics that we talked about. If you have any suggestions, leave a comment below. Let me know what you think about the podcast, what you think about the show. I am also doing another show. My other page that I started, Culturated, I decided that I actually want to do a live show like this. Instead of writing blogs and whatnot, I think I might want to try this. At least just try it out. But we, um, I think we are, we are done here. Uh, thank you all for joining me. This is episode 15 of the woke foo podcast uh barbecue becky episode bar episode let's listen to barbecue becky call 911 all right everybody have a wonderful wonderful evening and um where is there you go all right